Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We thank God for this morning as we are about to reach the noon. I would like to plead with you to rise to your feet as we read from the scriptures. We Paul urged the church not to stop reading the scriptures. Amen. So from Joshua chapter 14 from verse 6 and 7 and then we'll reach up verse 12 to 15 and then Numbers 22 to 25. We'll, do, we'll stand reading these passages. Joshua 14, 6 and 7. May we read this together. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said unto, the, unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land. And I brought him word again, as it was in my heart. Go on to verse 12 to 15. 12. The same, um, Joshua, please, not numbers. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. Whereof the Lord speak in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I'll be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb the son of Jephunneh, Hebron for an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, unto this day, because that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And the name of Hebron before was Kejatzaba, which Abba was a great man among the Anakims, and the land had rest from war. Okay, finally, let us read Numbers 14, verse 22 to 25. 1, 2. Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles in the wilderness have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened unto my voice. Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and had followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereunto he went." And his seed shall possess it. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwelt in the valley. Tomorrow turn you 
and you into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. Let us pray. So, Lord, we thank you for this day. We pray that as we understand your word, the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, we pray. Amen. Please take your seats. As we expound on the subject, taking over the mountains of life. Taking over the mountains of life. The passage we read ties in with our subject for the year. That the Lord indeed is God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's not forget that this whole issue about the contest was a mountainous contest. It didn't just take place. Hallelujah. It took place within the context of taking possession of land and places that God had put his people. In the passage we read, the scripture says that Caleb, from the numbers, we are told he was a young man who Moses sent together with 11 others, making 12, to go and spy out the land of Canaan. And when they went to spy out the land, all the other 10, except he and Joshua, came up with a very negative report. Even though the Lord has said, I have given you this land, the Lord expected them to also be ready to conquer the land. Hallelujah. But when the others saw the same land that the Lord said, I have given to you, they were scared. And they were not ready to go conquer. They had already accepted defeat even before the conquest. Praise the Lord. Today, as we deliberate on the subject of taking over the mountains of life, we need to understand that as we say God he, the Lord, He is God, and that the Lord has given us possession over the mountains of life, we also understand that anything that God has given to us, there may be something tied to it. And we need to get up our loins to own it. It doesn't just come on the silver platter. We have been given the grace. We have been given the ammunition. We have been given the resources. We have all that it takes to possess it. But he says, be strong and know that he is God. Hallelujah. It is only when we have stood our ground that that which belongs to us certainly is manifest in the flesh. Amen. So the scripture said, God had prophesied that the land of Canaan particularly this part belonging to Judah, was destined for them. But this man called Caleb saw that the distribution was going on, had gone on along all the tribes, and his tribe, Judah, and particularly his family lineage, had not enjoyed of the benefit that the Lord had for them. Hallelujah. And it included a mountain. Mountains are very significant in life. Mountains 
those of us who are in the military and security and all of that, we know how strategic it is. When it comes to Mount, I was telling Sister Leonora, today I'm going to preach about Mount Jimmy. It's the second highest mountain uh, in Ghana, after uh, Afajato, where you have Amedjope, that's her mom's hometown. We have been there once. And just standing at Amedjope, you can see Mount Jimmy just next door. And you overlook Togo. Strategically, it's very, very important to the military. Hallelujah. I am told that in one of the coups, the palace coups that took place in the 70s, that then head of state, before they actually announced that there had been a coup, they had to take all the way there. When they got there, then they announced that a change had taken place. Hallelujah. It's very strategic. It shows vision. When you own a mountain, it means you have vision. You control the mountain. It means you have what we call territorial integrity. You control your borders when you control the mountain. When you stand on top of the mountain, you carry the telescope, you can see very far. You can see when the enemy troops are coming. So, owning mountains, taking over mountains of life, very, very strategic. You cannot be a Christian warrior, we sing onward Christian soldiers, without understanding the importance of owning or taking over mountains in our lives. Amen. We cannot be Christian warriors. The practicality of the word, when we say the Lord is God, cannot be actualized unless we understand the revelation of taking over mountains. Because the reality of all this thing is that you own, you control the situation from the mountain top. Taking over mountains gives you security. It gives you vision. It gives you security. It gives you understanding of the enemy tactics. It gives you time to organize yourself. It keeps the enemy at bay. When you don't have control over the mountainside, you don't know when evil will come near you. You can have the best of intentions. You may have all the good wishes. But if you don't control the mountain, your life is not safe. That's why many countries fight for the ownership and control of mountainous areas. If you look at even the big cities of the world, the greatest cities of the world, which were taken over or built up through conquest, name them, Rome, Jerusalem, all the strategic cities, even London, mountains, many, in Ghana here, Kumasi, is surrounded by mountains, strategically. There are mountains over the hills around them. Strategically. Owning and controlling mountains is very important to fulfilling, fulfilling your vision. Otherwise, the enemy will finish you. No matter how good you, you are. You, are. you know, Ghana, when we, we discovered oil, immediately our military strategy has to change. The western borders have to be secured. And they have put in place many measures to make sure that whatever happens within a certain time frame, we are near where the dispute is. If you go to Nigeria, you see the same thing. Their borders with Cameroon have been secured. Their borders with Benin have been secured. Because there are strategic installations over there. Hallelujah. Beloved, we have come to such a time as this that we also 
You need to understand how to possess our mountains around us. We have looked on as believers. We have looked on as a church. As life does run normal. It's good that we pray. It's good that we fast. It's good that we study the word. It's good that we fellowship. But let us pray to God to open our eyes to understand the mountains of our life. So that we can take control of the mountains. Caleb said, irrespective of whoever is on that mountain, I am willing to take over this mountain because I know this mountain is strategic. It will matter in the course of time. If I have control over this mountain, my descendants will be more secure. My descendants will have vision. They will see afar. They will have a better view. They will have a greater influence in life. They will be able to superimpose whatever I believe in that territory that the mountain is. Many, we say Ghana, we say we are 70% Christians. And we are not making impact. One of the reasons is because many of us don't have a strategic mountainous view. We don't understand what it takes to own by strategic, you know, taking the mountains of the nation. The church, local, church universal in Ghana must rise up. We must rise up. Our thinking must be strategic. We must get to the point where strategically, we are taking mountains of the land. And I'll explain that in a short while. You look at, you say, oh, the Muslims are not many, but they take the, everywhere you go to, Saudi Arabia, where you go to, Arabic countries, they, 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 they don't have space for anybody. When you go to Dubai, they have strategically positioned that if you want to do religious activity, you can only do it within this time frame and within this location. They have taken over their the spiritual mountain. They are taking over the, the, the economic mountain. But if you are not, if you are not speaking uh, or, or practicing our spirituality, we shut the door. We know that you can be a businessman of any magnitude. Once your money lands in Dubai, they know they monitor you and they know where you are coming from, where your money is going. And they make sure that much of, most, if not all, of the money that enters the economy, it is directly or indirectly linked to their spiritual destiny. Hallelujah. They have strategic thinking about the things they control. They have a mountainous mentality. The ownership of the mountain of the economy. They have, you, you, you can't come from Africa and just come and say, oh, I have lived there for 30 years. And so, I'm going to contest to be an assemblyman and one day become a prime minister and one day take over Dubai. It's not going to happen. Because there is a strategic ownership of the mountain of the political arena in Dubai. Get you what I'm saying? We are the ones that sit and just watch. And people are taking over the key strategic mountains of our nation. That's why sometimes I miss Kutua Champong. I miss him because when I remember, I'll be there and I just remember some of his speeches. One of his common phrases was our integrity, the national integrity. He used to talk about our magnanimity and our integrity. But one of the biggest statements he used to make was that we must take over the commanding heights. <laughs> Taking over the commanding heights. 
So I went there, decided to research this statement, commanding Haida, could you use to make so many times? I found out that Lenin, the Marxist, used to make that statement. That taking over the commanding heights of your economy means that shut, close, make sure that your people are strategically positioned to control and to influence it to suit your long-term agenda. The Americans borrowed from it. Even though it's a Marxist concept, they learned from it. It doesn't, it's not their style. But they learned from it and adapted to it that we are not going to see almost every major speech we are taking. And that is why in this era, you saw that a lot of Ghanaians, before June 4th, a lot of Ghanaian industrialists were up. Operation Feed Yourself is based on the same concept. Taking over the commanding heights of the Ghanaian economy. The idea of Ghanaians owning private uh, uh, industry. The same principle operates when it comes to the spirit. If Christians, if church people don't have that understanding, we would wait and we will always wait and see we are too late. That even those who do not have a right to our spiritual heritage will take over our spiritual heritage. Those, they will determine how we do spirituality here. They will determine how we govern. We have to also be and trust God this afternoon as we pray one of them, my desires and prayers, that Lord, grant us wisdom and understanding to know what it means to take over the commanding heights. Take over the mountains of the land in a strategic way. We are not going to do coup. We are not going to fight anybody. But you see, there must be something that should provoke us to take over what rightfully belongs to us as people of God. Say Amen. Now, if you look clearly... At the scriptures, like I said, you will see that cities like Jerusalem, they, it's not for nothing that it was built around four mountains um, that are known. There's a the Mount of Olives. There's a the Mount of the Temple Mount, which is Mount Moriah, which is where Abraham sacrificed, attempted to sacrifice Isaac. Why did God allow the Jews... To establish. Don't forget, before David took over Jebus, Jebus was owned by, the, by heathens. They were there. They were evil people. They were, they were, they were idol worshippers. But in the time of King David, God opened his eyes to see that this mount Jebus, if he could, uh, uh, the city of Jebus, if, it, if David could take over, he would be strategically positioned. To control areas that for the future, even for our salvation, would matter. The place where Jesus tarried before he died. The Mount of Olives. The Mount of Fruitfulness was there. Mount Moriah, where the Mount of Sacrifice took place. The sacrifice of Abraham took place. Golgotha was where Jesus himself was sacrificed. It was all around Jerusalem. It was not just in vain. Every one of the mountains around Jerusalem speaks a message to us. It was not in vain that God allowed King David to possess the land. Imagine if David had not taken over the mountain. Just as Caleb took over the mountains of Hebron. Hebron means a friend of God. If he had not taken over the mountains to show us by prophetic understanding that, hey, when the mountains are around you, take over it. 
Take over the mountain. Tell your neighbor, take over. We should not sit idle. You see, you have to have a takeover mentality. A takeover. Tell your neighbor, take over. It's time to take over. We are not. Please help me. Who is, who is controlling the sound? Please, I'm struggling. I want to shout. I don't want to shout. I want to speak low so the volume will run for itself. I don't want to stray my voice. Mount Moria. Mount Scopus. Mount Hazel. All of these are mountains around Jerusalem. When the psalmist says uh, in Psalm 25 verse 2, they ask the mountains surround Jerusalem. So the, what, so the Lord encompasses around us. What does it mean? Providing security. Safety. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord is around, giving us assurance. But you see, none of those mountains were secured by negotiation. Every one of those mountains, they had to fight and take it over. So if you are sitting here, and you think that we can just take over the land, not by force, but by just being there, you can cry and lament all you want to lament, but that ain't going to give you that mountain. For Caleb said, Lord Joshua, give me this mountain. In those days, the Anax, the wicked giants, some of them, they had ten toes and all of that. I mean, on one side and more. They were eight-footers, seven-footers, huge guys. And yet, Caleb said, Give me this mountain. Beloved, where we have reached is not for the faint-hearted. Possessing the mountain is not for the weak and feeble. Your lamentation does not bring you your mountain. God may know about all your mountains. That's why we are waiting on the Lord. We are fasting and praying. But beyond the fasting and praying, there are strategic decisions that we all got to make within our minds, within our hearts. There are convictions. See, if Caleb just sat and watched and said, Oh Lord, I know you promised me in the time of Moses. I claim it. I name it. I possess it. Do you think it would have happened? Do you think it would have happened? That's how many of us Pentecostal charismatic people think. We think that, oh, if I can just name it, claim it, possess it, it will happen. We need insight. To see what strategically, how strategically we can possess our possession. In the church and in the land, in the nations of the world. We need to ask God, Lord, open my eyes. That I may see which mountains I need to contend for. That I may be able to hold on according to the grace that you are giving to me. Say amen. I want to touch, touch briefly on seven key mountains that I believe every believer, whether you like it or not, Jesus said the kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. In our New Year message, when Pastor spoke about Elijah, you saw that even though God's power was given to him, he had to contend. Elijah didn't sit in his cave 
And that message that we got, that the Lord, he is God, came. It didn't happen. Something happened. There was a contest. And he was not afraid of the contest. He was not intimidated by the opposition. The numbers didn't matter. Obadiah, who was a man, God found pleasing in the palace of a wicked king called Ahab. The scripture said, but he was a good man. He was a righteous man. He was an upright man. He had taken over the political mountain, even in Ahab's land. He was significant in the mountain there. His interaction with, with, with Elijah was significant for us experiencing what we experienced as we went further in chapter 18 to where the message came. Hallelujah. If Obadiah had not provoked Elijah... I say, hey, this my master is not easy. And Elijah probably will not have that. From the inside, when you look at the story of Mordecai and Esther, you see the same scenario there. When you look at the story of Daniel and King Nebuchadnezzar, you see the same scenario there. Taking over the mountain of the political regime. Taking over the mountain of the spiritual regime. Taking over the mountain of the academic regime. I mentioned seven regimes. Number one, the spiritual regime. Number two, academic regime. Number three, the financial and economic regime. Number four, the political regime. Number five, the legal regime. Number six, the arts and the music. Spiritual, academic, family, Economic and financial, political, legal, arts, and music. If we want Christianity, people have been saying Christianity is not making impact. I, de- I declare to you by the mercies of God, let's take the issue to the next level. As a Christian, as a child of God, in my immediate environment, I am ready that whatever God would use me to do to take over my territory, number one, spiritually. What do I mean by this? In 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 and 5, the scripture talks about the weapons of our warfare, not carnal, mighty to pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. There are two key areas that matter. Moral spirituality and spiritual warfare. Impacting the nation, impacting our environment morally. You see, the Islam, the Muslim people that we are often concerned about, they have managed to influence their societies morally. The moral code that they call the, the, the what do you call it? Sharia is their moral code. What they think is right is based on their, what they have read from the Quran. We also have the word of God. And the word of God clearly spells out a certain kind of moral code. Which if we believe and we superimpose and imprint within our environment, brings to reality the things that Jesus spoke about. The things that will make people say, ah, I want to serve the God of this people. The spiritual element of warfare, bringing out strongholds, 
the, the idea of, 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 of confronting demons and all of these things. You, we cannot transform our society when demons are manifest, false prophets are in control. The only way we can transform our society and hold the excellence of spiritual authority is when, uh, uh, like you, your people say, Ezeuze. When we have confronted spiritually, we are also, Jesus said, you cannot take over the, the household of a man, a strong man, except first you bind the strong man. But if we are docile and we are indifferent about the things that people are doing spiritually, and we tell oh, it doesn't, it doesn't affect us for me in my environment, in my home, in my church, in my where I live, I'm cool. I go to a church that we are okay. We can't not influence our nation spiritually. We cannot. And these people have taken over. Falsehood has taken over our spirit. So the representation of spirituality in this land, tell me, if the ordinary person gets up and says he is a Christian or spiritual person, in Ghana today, what image do they see? Do they see what you read about in Genesis to Revelation? Or they see a Yitzhak as Christianity? What is the picture of the average person of Christianity in Ghana? That is what I'm talking about. It means that those of us who believe that we have sound biblical doctrine, we have not yet gotten to the point where trans- real transformation of spiritual values, spiritual ethics, spiritual understanding and manifestations have dominated our atmosphere. And it's a matter for, of concern. It's not something to be looked at lightly. It's something we all have to engage and say, Lord, we are taking over. We are not going to sit down idly for this to continue. We need to be angry enough. We need to be disturbed enough. We need to worry ourselves enough and say, Lord, do something. And we need to be willing to pay the price. So many of us are very comfortable. We are too, you see, the Bible said, woe to them that are at ease in Zion. Too many of us are very much at ease. We, 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 Wrong powers. When you, you, you drive a car to Aflao, a car to Kumasi, a car to Koforodia, a car to Takrade, and you see all those Malam billboards, and it strikes nothing in your spirit. It doesn't gel. It doesn't disturb you. You are not provoked. You see, you cannot, we cannot take over the commanding heights of spiritual atmosphere in Ghana if that is the way we feel. If you, it doesn't strike you, nothing will provoke you. Hallelujah. That is a simple sign. The fact, the way you, you see that you laugh, you see you're being in video and you just laugh. It doesn't strike you, say, BB, because you are in your year. And how? And you say, what for where they are moaning? Obinim says, because you are so an angel, also also seeing Jesus. And we laugh. It must provoke somebody to say, no, not again. Not again. Otherwise, the spiritual keys are being controlled, manipulated. And people are growing up believing that through Christianity. The Bible talks about true Christianity. Are we seeing what the Bible describes in Ghana? What we say, true spirituality. True Christianity. Are we looking at the poor, the hungry, all that Jesus spoke about? Is that what is happening? Is that the main focus of true spirituality in Ghana? If that is, then how do we turn around? To make that take over that mountain of spirituality, because there is there, there is a war 
for control of how people perceive Christianity. And we are the custodians of that perception. We have to control it. We have to make it happen for people to know that this is the true Christianity. Elijah in his time made people know that the God I serve is the God that answers by fire. Amen. The God I serve is the God of righteousness, of justice. We haven't gotten there yet. But today, as we take over the mountain of spirituality, of true spirituality, I urge you, put on the whole armor of God and get up your loins. Wherever you are in the office, wherever you are in the media space, wherever you are in your home, take over. Tell your neighbor, take over. How are we taking over the academia? You see, in America, one of the key areas that there's a struggle is the battle between Christian or ethical academia and non-ethical academia. They are losing the battle because so many of the academics are atheists. And we need to be intentional about raising up spiritual academics. And spiritual academics doesn't mean they are only going to teach religion. But they will have a Christ-centered philosophy of life. Christ-motivated theories to counteract some of those Marxist and wayside theories of economics and sociology and philosophy. How did we get to the point where people believe that being gay and being lesbian is all natural? It didn't just happen. Many academics sat down. They sat down. Those who were morally uh, uh, vain, morally out of order, demonically influenced, those who were Eastern oriented, who said, I've gone to India, I've gone to read the ancient books. So now I've seen that God is, in, doesn't exist. God is you. And they, they, they started teaching it in the schools subtly. And the academics bought into it. And it, they infiltrated the, the, the political arena. With, they, they went to parliament. They went to the, the senate. They defended their positions. They said, no, the thing is a natural thing. And I was born with it. So somebody said, he can't live with it. He's a man living in a body. It didn't just happen. It happened because with time, Christian academics sat in the back. After we set up the Harvards and the Columbias and all of that, we went to sleep. And this was strategically. Whilst Jesus said, whilst men slept, whilst men slept, an enemy came in. The holiness schools were set up. All the top schools that we set up to teach righteousness, holiness, the fear of God, and all of that. Give me any of the Ivy League schools. Out of, I did a, a survey. I found out, out of the eight or so, six were founded by Presbyterians, Holiness School, Righteousness School, everything. And yet, they are the ones that are dominated by atheist, leftist, negative doctrine. Why? Because we left the academic space for these people. We no longer. Everybody say no longer. No more. We shut the door. Don't say shut the door, KK. Be intentional about raising up kids to who, who have an, a, a spiritual and Christian perspective, orientation of life. If they don't, we don't if be intentional about it. And we say, oh, oh, pastor, oh, philosophy. Oh, They will go and come. They will go to America. They will go to Europe. They will go to Russia. Once upon a time, in Ghana, when you wanted to be a nukes president, 
If you were not Karl Marx, Che Guevara speaker, you couldn't be Nook's president. Because they understood the art of oratory. When they come to the forum, they go and learn these Marxist statements. And they come and incite the students. It was only when Jerry Rollins came in 81, 82 that people realized, ha, ah, these people are taking us for a ride. When they, they misled many of the students. So a time came from 83, 84, there about when Dambotri and Co. began to rise up. And people saw, ah, so we can have Christian leaders among students. Before then, every Christian was SU, UCF, ISCF. And we left it for these guys. And they controlled the system for a very long time. And they led, led most of them, when you go to their room, you see the picture of Che Guevara, the, the socialist uh, Argentina uh, freedom fighter. And every young man was happy to wear dress like him and to look like Marxist. And that was the way to win a student election. Now, not again. Now you have to be born again. So people now begin to fake the Christians. They began to fake. So now you want to win Nukes SRC election? You have to try to be a Christian and come to fellowship. People have even brought you to the national and we must now be discerning and expose those who are not real. Amen. Beloved, we must take possession of the academic mountain. We are not going to sit down again. We must be, our children, what they study, what they study, what they are reading, you must put your eye in it from the JHS level. Ask them, do you believe, when they say boy and girl are the same, or girl and all, ask them, interrogate them, engage them. We are winning. We are not going to lose. They have given them too much space and it has affected us. It has affected our choices. Their philosophy that, oh, everyone is free to do what they, liberalism has taken over. Because I could, we, we, are, we have allowed liberal academics to run our systems. Wake up, beloved. Wake up. Wake up. Let's wake up. Academics, we have allowed it. When it comes to finance and economics, we have allowed people because we thought that the scripture never said money is evil. But we took the other extreme. This is the, man, the love of money is the root of all evil. Unfortunately, the church, strong and mighty as we are, with all the assets, we have not learned to harness our assets. It's sad that even with this uh, men's gold scandal, there are churches that have been caught in it. Because we ourselves have not been able to establish the strength. When you go to Germany, you drive through Hamburg, you drive through Berlin, you see the power of the church in economics at the time of Martin Luther. You can drive a whole array of apartments and it's the church, the Lutheran church, the state church in those days. Accra, even Accra here in Ghana, the land from the asylum all the way to TUC, Adawaka area used to be owned by the Methodist church. Today, it's no longer because they couldn't know how to harness all that asset. We just sat down and other people took it and used it for even the cathedral. Was, the land was owned by the Methodist church. Because just next to the cathedral is the, 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 the house of the Methodist uh, 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 administrative bishop. The original house. And today is the president, sorry. And today it's no longer. This, other things have taken over. Why? Because we went to sleep. Whilst men slept, Others came and took the mountains that belonged to us. Our financial mountain. Look at uh, the story of Joseph. Why was Joseph in the, in the palace of Pharaoh? 
in Genesis 41, from 33 to 45. God used him, Joseph, to establish that children of God need to be in the place of financial authority. All these men's gold and others. Imagine if we had very strong Christians doing the righteous things. Would we have men's gold dominating for us to all turn in our hands like chicken? Something is not right with us. Let's wake up. Strategically, we have not been there for our own. We must rise up as children of God and own that financial thing. Don't stop preaching and go and do my, look for money. No, that's what I'm saying. Don't stop teaching or doing serving God and say on Sunday, I'm going to look for money. No, but we can do it. Joseph did it. Daniel did it. When the king wanted, the Pharaoh wanted somebody to run a prudent economy, he found in no other but Joseph, one of our own. Why, where are the Josephs of today? Where are the Josephs of today? They are in the church. We need to be intentional about raising them up. We need to be intentional about grooming them. We need to be intentional about propping them. We need to be intentional about creating space. When you go to the political space, I talked about Obadiah in 18, 1 Kings 18, verse 3. Say, but Obadiah, give me that scripture. 18, verse 3, 1 Kings. And Ahab called Obadiah, which was the governor of the house. Now, Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. Can we have some Obadiahs in our time? Who had the political power in the presidential palaces, in the district assemblies, in the different places, corridors of power, making manifest the glory of God and taking over? You don't have to be president to, to, to hold the mountain. In the times gone by, there were people who belonged to the Freemasons, who controlled the castle. People who belong to other occultic groups who control powers of the, of the presidency. Their time has come and gone. Today, we to where are our people? If the door were to be opened. I remember once upon a time, one of the, the senior people in government called us as spiritual leaders and said, Look, in this place, in the old palace, old uh, uh, castle, said, in this place where I'm seated, you people have heard that people carry all kinds of powers and are buried all kinds of things. We say, it is true. But me, I'm a child of God. I can't do some of those things. I need your prayers. But where are our people? Where, and when our people get there, how can we stay being, not being corrupted by the system? Not just money, but even the power entering our heads. Be the Obadiah. Being the man whose word is yes and yes and no and no. Today God is calling us to take over. Take over. Say to your neighbor, take over. Take over. Take over the spiritual realm. Take over the academia. Take over the family system. Look, people are confused. What is true family? Because we ourselves, our family systems are not in place. From the clergy right down to members. A lot of issues. So people are confused. What is a good Christian family today? There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of distortion. But God said to Abraham, I know you. In, first, uh, uh, in Genesis chapter 18. 18 and 19. I know Abraham. 
that he will raise his children in a certain order. He knew that Abraham understood what the mountain of the family. He used him as a role model of a sound family lifestyle. Husbands, wife, children, all relatives, everything. So much order that even it affected his servants. When Eliezer went to look for a wife for the son, look how he called, even the servant knew how to call upon the Lord. Today we are raising up households of people who are allowed to just do anything spiritually. Family. God. Man in the house. Woman in the house. Brother or sister. I plead with you. Allow God to take over and take over the family system. We need to go to the biblical foundation of righteous family. We can't just look on. We can't just look on. Marry anyhow, live anyhow, raise up anyhow. There is a standard of God. What is that standard? We must agree on it. So we can, we can walk together and take over and, and, and let people see this is the standard. Beloved, the political system I've spoken about, the legal system. Look, you see, recently a, a, a Supreme Court judge in America fell ill and people were happy. The American rights, those who support uh, uh, President uh, Trump, were very happy. Why? Because they knew that it's going to be easier to reverse many of the, 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 the negative laws that Obama had passed. Those who think according to what they call righteous thinking in a certain sense. It's not everything Trump does is good, but there are some things that he does that are good. Uh, including especially the moral law. Because many, why was Obama able to reverse, change all many of the laws to suit the, 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 the left? When I say the left, but the political left, the political, those who are socialists, those who are not, uh, who liberal thinkers, and don't, don't, don't value God, who think that people can live anyhow. How was Obama able to, because in the legal fraternity, he, was, he looked for those who, who taught his way. And we are not doing that. So they learn the law and then it becomes a different matter. No. We need to raise up intentionally biblically thinking legal people. They can be lawyers alright, but they need to have a right godly world view. If they don't have godly world view, they will overnight if they go to parliament and they make laws, they will pass it and they will justify that in the constitution we have freedom of that, freedom of that. They will justify it. We are not going to continue that way. And for, that doesn't happen by us stamping our feet and clapping our hands in our church. It, it comes after that prayer. We must sponsor our children and children's children to learn. Encourage them to learn. Teach them right values. So as they learn the law, as they learn the sociology and the philosophy and the psychology, they understand that the law must be interpreted according to biblical philosophy. Biblical sociology. Biblical, uh, uh, whatever. Anthropology. They are not going to say man was, was, was evolved. Evolution. Just because they have been to Oxford or Cambridge. No. They will stand for what we believe. And they, all of these things are teachings that people have over years. They go and read Socrates, Epaminetus, and all of these kind of people. Plato. And all of them. The same way we can have our own. That hundred years to come, they will quote so-so and so, 
who was a legal luminary in the year 200 years ago. 300, it what means ideas. So if that person gets ministered to by demons, he will come up with those philosophies. He can be a very good professional, but because his ministry is demonic, he will manifest that. So we must influence them spiritually. Our older ones and our younger ones. If you haven't thought of it, please begin to think. Influence your friends. Don't say, oh, me, I'm, I'm too young. Your mates who are wanting to study law and other professions that influence the making of laws. To go to parliament. I believe this church must have more parliamentarians than we have now. Right-thinking parliamentarians who believe in the word of God. The worldview of Christians who stand up for the right. We need more social people who think, who can oppose wrong and promote right. When I attend some of these social uh, civil society meetings, I don't see our Christian people. I don't see Christian born again people, very few. Only the few women. Few women. They sometimes are helpless. Helpless. Because it's saturated by liberal thinkers. And the sponsors, one lady told me, she's born again, said, my NGO, I'll stop taking money from donors because of the, the conditionalities. Christian woman, she's a lawyer, said, I'll stop taking, and God will provide. We must get to that point. No people will tell, twist your philosophy and your ideas to suit ours so that you, you speak for us. No! We need that kind of thinking. Beloved, we need to be angry. But finally, before we pray, what, one of the things that provokes me most, and last time I spoke about this, the arts and the music have been taking over. I mean now, all over the world, not only in Ghana, let Beyonce cough, and thousand young people, are, ten million young people are slain. Let Shatawale cough. And his influence is even more than Usubempa. I'm telling you. And what is he saying? All the things, most of the things he's saying, if you listen to the man, it doesn't make sense. Or, excuse me to say. You don't get what he's trying to say. He, you don't get what he's trying to say. Some, some of the statements even actually are insightful. Provoking, provoking trouble. And some of these uh, 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 provo- uh, things that are I'll say, attacking opponents here and there. And he's not, he's not promoting unity and love and understanding. Some of them are promoting promiscuity. Yet, they have the influence in the music and the arts. And I, I, I bleed in my heart. When I, last time I, speak, I was speaking to you about the, 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 the way, I mean, the, the evil brethren are doing well with their worship songs that are becoming universal. And I pray, oh God, as we pray today, may God raise up some more Nathaniel Bassis in Ghana. Because this thing, it provokes me. We don't have many people who raise spiritual souls. That cut across culture. That cut across nations. We, are not, we, are, we just have shallow songs that cannot often go so deep. Many of our, our songs can't cut across cultures. Why? But the power in the name of Jesus. We have it. We have it. We have it. Only that is hidden. Because we have not promoted it. We have not created the doors. We have not been intentional about it. We need to start looking at this thing. Because this thing about arts and culture, you have no idea. This man's gold, it all happened because of arts and culture. One of the reasons why he became powerful. Look, every celebrity was around him. Every musician was and propping him. 
all the musicians. Give me one famous musician who didn't endorse, who didn't sign to his, his label. Everyone, and once they went in, they knew all the people, young and old, who follow. He taught to, he really was ministered to by Satan, I believe. Satan got the young man and empowered him with wisdom. And today, look at where we are. We are the brain. I'm talking from a spiritual perspective, apart from the economic and the financial, the legal issues. I'm dealing with it from the spiritual dimension. How could such a small boy, I mean, somebody who went to school 20 years or so, 15 years school after we are left, <laughs> come up with such a very complex scheme and beat all these top guys, PhDs and doctors and military generals and many people, politicians. How could he do it? Except he's anointed. <laughs> Not by the Holy Ghost. Please rise to your feet. Let us pray. We must take over the mountains of our land. We have been too idle. Let's take over. Tell your neighbor, take over. Whichever mountain you feel led to pray about to take over, in this minute or two of prayer, say, Lord, grant me the grace. Whichever your heart is strong about, pray about it. And when you go, take or do be intentional about it. Be it a political mount, mountain, a, a, a spiritual mountain, a, a, a political, a, a, an economic mountain. A fine, you start with a seed and let people who have the wisdom help you. But we must take over. We can't watch people do things and, and we are just always lamenting. It cannot continue. Wake up, child of God. Wake up, church. Let's wake up. Let's wake up. Let's wake up. Our mountains have been taken over. Talk to God, somebody. The Lord, open my eyes to see the mountains I need to take over. Oh, Lord, my God. I need grace for this battle. I am ready to fight all the way. Like Caleb, I will serve you all the way. Oh, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Talk to God, somebody. Talk to God, somebody. Don't be weak. Don't be tired. That's not how to take over by being quiet. You can't be quiet. In the name of Jesus. The art and the music. We need God, oh Lord. Pour grace upon your people, Lord. Creative ministry. The creative art, oh Lord. The media, oh Lord. We need people, Lord, who stand up for what is right in every endeavor of our lives. In the name of Jesus. Somebody In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.